The Baltimore Ravens get it done. They extend their preseason winning streak to 24 games as they pick up a win over the Philadelphia Eagles 20 to 19. We talk about that and so much more coming up next on this postcast instant reaction live edition episode of Locked on Ravens. You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host here, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We're, of course, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On Ravens or night if you're tuning in on the Saturday live edition of the show. We're free and available all podcasting platforms, including a video forum on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. Landing jobs once you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And we're back after what else? What else? Another Ravens preseason win. We should have all expected. I know where there's so much talk about. Are they finally going to lose this week? Is this finally going to end? The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015, and it stays that way as Baltimore picks up that 20-19 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're going to talk about it all today. We're going to get into an overall general report of the game, what happened throughout the entirety of it. Then we'll get into a stock up, stock down of players that I thought played well, players that I thought did not play well, who helped themselves, who hurt themselves. And then finally, we'll move into week one preseason takeaway. So overall takeaways from the game as we kind of look ahead to the joint practices with the commanders, as well as what's going on with them next week and who could play a little bit more next week too so again we're a five-day week ravens podcast monday through friday it's actually crazy enough my four years today tonight is my four-year anniversary as the host and producer of this show so i want to greatly greatly shout out everybody who has listened I, I appreciate all the support i've gotten over the years here as i started this back in 2019 my first ever episode was, was about kari vedvik and his preseason heroics so it's kind of funny now we're we're transitioning into 2023 and more guys stepping up but let's talk about the game it was really a it was a weird game it felt like the Eagles kind of had control of it early. The Ravens offense wasn't really doing a ton. And I mean that in the first quarter, the Ravens had the ball for like a minute total, maybe two minutes total. The Eagles had like 24 plays in the first quarter. And it was <laughs> it was a lot of Eagles offense versus Ravens defense. We didn't really get to see a lot of the offense. One of the key things that I saw early on was the fact that Josh Johnson actually got the nod as the starter. Now, Tyler Huntley, I thought, well, okay, Josh Johnson is going to play. And then Tyler Huntley's probably not because he's the backup and that's probably set in stone. But we see Tyler Huntley come out in the third quarter, which was, it was kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't know whether they just wanted to see Josh Johnson against the Rave or against the Eagles defense, like the first team Eagles defense, but Josh Johnson ended up starting the game, finished the game total of, he was eight of 12 passing for 45 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Huntley finished eight of 11 for 88 yards and a touchdown. But the first drive of the game for the Ravens, Zay Flowers, the first play was a false start on Zay Flowers. And Flowers kind of talked about it after the game, said, oh, Josh Johnson went really quickly. And Devin DuVernay and I still were lining up and that they ended up calling it on me. But there was a false start on Flowers. And the next play, Zay Flowers got the ball and he looked shifty. He made a defender miss. And that, that, was, kind of, that was really cool to see Zay Flowers just getting the ball early and doing what I think we've all seen him do in training camp and put that on an NFL field against another team. So, I mean, Flowers only had in this game 
didn't really didn't really do a lot. He actually wasn't even credited with a reception on the box score. They might have called it a they called it a backwards pass here. So he technically had a rush, one carry for one yard on the official scorecard here from from ESPN. But I thought Tyler Huntley looked good. Josh Johnson looked okay. He looked all right. But I thought Huntley looked really good in his decision making. He made some really good throws overall. But we didn't again. We didn't see him till the third quarter, which I thought was kind of an, an interesting twist on things. And then on top of that. Justice Hill ended up being the starting running back. And then you think, okay, Gus Edwards probably isn't playing. But no, Gus Edwards comes in after Justice Hill. So I don't think this has a lot of real bearing on on what Baltimore's depth chart will look like by the end of the preseason. I I do think it's more of maybe the Ravens just wanted to see some of their third stringers go up against the Eagles or whoever they're playing. So in this case, the Eagles and their top defense that they rolled out over the course of this game, but I thought Justice Hill looked really good. He ended up finishing the game with only three carries, but had 48 yards. That was 16 yards per carry had that long rush of 37 yards. And he's someone who was, he's grown on me so much. I, I liked him coming out of Oklahoma state. Didn't really show a lot in his first two, three years. Then burst onto the scene last year, got rewarded with a, with a big extension in the off season. And I think he's really proven himself. And he, to me is the third string running back behind Obviously, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards there. Now, early on, we saw the Josh Johnson touchdown to Devin Duvernay, which was it was a beautiful throw by Josh Johnson. Devin Duvernay makes a great adjustment to catch the ball on a back shoulder throw. That was the Ravens' first touchdown of the preseason. But then we saw the exact same play on the opposite corner of the end zone and ended up being Tyler Huntley to Tylen Wallace. And I think Devin Duvernay's spot, if the Ravens don't trade him, he's safe. I know there's been a lot of conversation about his cap hit is higher than a fourth year, third, third round pick because of the fact that he's been an all pro. He's been a pro bowler. So his cap hit, which would probably be like around a million dollars or so is like 4 million this year. So some people don't want him back on that salary, but Hey, he, he showed that he's still a part of this offense. And obviously Odell's going to play Rashad Bateman's going to play Zay Flowers is going to play more Nelson Aguilar even didn't play in this one, but to have Devin Duvernay is essentially your fifth wide receiver. You, you, you can sign me up for that 100%. We saw Isaiah likely early in the game. He actually got banged up a little bit. He had two receptions with two yards, but he had a, a four yard catch. And then it was a tight end screen. We'll talk about Todd Munkin and what he showed on offense in this game, but he got banged up a little bit on that play and then defensively early on Malik Harrison I think really had a solid game he was flying all over the field making tackles and had a couple of really nice plays I mean he had a sack and and a big hit so that was that was really good to see from Harrison who I think a lot of people I don't want to say people forget about him but I think with Roquan Smith there with Patrick Queen there they draft Trent Simpson a lot of people forget this Malik Harrison was in that same draft as Patrick Queen and he was kind of the leader of the defense on Saturday night, Delshawn Phillips actually led the team with 10 tackles. He and Malik Harrison started opposite each other. Delshawn Phillips had a great training camp and definitely earned the opportunity to start alongside Malik Harrison. We saw some solid plays from him overall. Now, Daryl Worley, early in the game, he got juked out. He got trucked in a span of like four plays. It was not great, but he ended up having a forced fumble, which, you know, credit to him, made a really good play on the ball. Also had a sack where the Ravens had some issues in this game. I would say finishing, finishing sacks that they had a lot of opportunities, free runners at the quarterback and the quarterback would just step up and the defender would go flying right past or it just, they wouldn't get him down, which has been an actual issue for the Ravens over the last couple of seasons. But Daryl Worley ended up making a great play on a play where Baltimore did miss the quarterback multiple times. He ended up having a hustle sack. It was a loss of 23 yards, which was absolutely crazy there. 
And D side just saw this in the comments saying, congrats, Kevin. I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody who's, who's been tuning in again, my four year anniversary here tonight on locked on Ravens. As I picked up this show, August 12th, 2019, it's now August 12th, 2023. And Hey, the Ravens pick up a win on the four year anniversary of, of me hosting the show. So I guess I'm just a good luck charm. Now I hope that I hope my good luck extends to a, a successful playoff run and a Super Bowl victory for Baltimore. But then we move on. I talked about Tyler Huntley again, eight of 11 for 88 yards and a touchdown. Gus Edwards comes in four of 21, no touchdowns for him. And then guys who really impressed, like wide receiver wise, we saw a lot of players get in on the action. Laquan Treadwell had a catch. Tylen Wallace had two catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. I mentioned that. But Sean Ryan was someone, and we'll get to him a little bit more in the second segment. Sean Ryan was someone who had been pressing in training camp. And a lot of people are saying, hey, watch out for Sean Ryan in this game. He had a he had his long catch was 11, four receptions for 37 yards, but he had seven targets. He, it seemed like the quarterbacks just loved throwing to him. For, for context, no other Ravens receiver had more than three targets. It was James Prochet and Laquan Treadwell, each with three targets. That Sean Ryan had more than double both those guys' targets. So seems like he's established at least some chemistry with some of the backup quarterbacks. And I, I don't think he makes the roster, but I would love to have him if I were the Ravens on the practice squad as, as an emergency guy because I do think Tylen Wallace did a lot to – help his chances. I think if, if we were talking front runners and I, I had talked about this through my roster predictions where I had Dante Dimas early and then I kind of rethought it and I said, well, the Ravens really like special teams and Tylen Wallace is a really good special teams player. He showed out as a receiver tonight too, which I think helps his case a lot as well. And I see Robbie C coming in with the congrats for me as well. I appreciate you, Robbie. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And, and everybody who's tuning in on, on the late edition here of this live stream. I appreciate you making me part of your Saturday night. And again, if you if you didn't catch the live version here, maybe on Sunday morning, both in video or audio form, thank you for tuning in here as well. Other guys on defense, Brandon Stevens was second on the team with seven tackles. The other Jordan Swan had four. There is Washington, Rayshad Nichols. Josh Ross had a couple of really standout plays. Jimmy Lucian had a fumble recovery. And then we there are a couple like Malik Ham and Kelly Sanders and these guys, like these undrafted pass rushers, I think had really solid games. And with the Ravens not signing Jadavian Clowney yet or not signing Kyle Van Noy yet, maybe maybe one of those guys makes the roster. It could, could be a dark horse position for them. In terms of team stats, the Ravens, you know, we, we talk about how they always win the time. And that was a huge staple under Greg Roman. Not so much this time around. The Ravens held the ball for 24 minutes and 38 seconds. And the Eagles held the ball for 35 minutes and 22 seconds. And I think a lot of that had to do with the first quarter where the Eagles just hogged the ball. Like there were so many plays. Again, 24 total plays in the first two drives for the Eagles. I forgot to mention Keaton Mitchell. And I bring it up because the Ravens had four penalties for 35 yards. One of those penalties was a holding call on a Keaton Mitchell run where he juked guys out of his shoes and ended up scoring a touchdown, but it was called back due to the holding. So in the box score, Mitchell only has six carries for 11 yards, but in our hearts, he has a touchdown and a long play that was really impressive. He showed a lot to me. We'll talk about him when it comes to the stock report, but I was very impressed overall by what I saw from Keaton Mitchell. There are other team stats to note, not really a ton. The Ravens rate of 14 on third down, the Eagles rate of 18. So the Ravens defense did a better job. Eagles defense did it that holding the the offense on third downs. The Ravens did not attempt the fourth down play. The Eagles went two for four, so 50% on fourth down. Not terrible if you're the Ravens defense. A couple of key stops, and also the Ravens actually stopped an Eagles two-point conversion. Darius Washington intercepted it. The Eagles had 13 more total plays in the Ravens. Again, something we're not really used to with Greg Roman and that offense really being about the ground and pound and running the clock out. 
and again, it's only preseason, so I'm, I'm not necessarily saying, oh, this is the trend for the entire year, but just, just something to note here early on. The Ravens had 139 yards passing and, oh, and 133 yards rushing, so that that's kind of Greg Roman-esque, right, where Baltimore has a lot more success rushing the football than throwing the football, but again, Lamar's not out there, so not not too huge of a deal there. Red Zone, what the Ravens in the red zone last year, it was ugly. It was ugly to watch that team in the red zone in 2022. Hopefully that's better success to come for them in 2023. The Eagles were one of two there. So, hey, the Ravens, 24 straight preseason wins. Their Kobe number. They picked up their Kobe number of preseason wins. We'll see if they can extend it to 25 next week. But we're not done talking Ravens preseason. We'll talk about a stock report coming up here on this live edition of Locked on Ravens instant reaction as we dive into the Ravens 2019 preseason win over the Philadelphia Eagles. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to still dive into here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager sometimes for your small business. You always want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs lets you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And for me personally, for a bunch of people I know, LinkedIn has been great in helping people find jobs. There are a lot of positive experiences you can find all over the place of people using LinkedIn. And it's really easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is add your job in the profile hashtag hiring frame. to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You have simple tools you can use on there like screen. Like screening questions and keep easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who would like to interview and who you would like to hire. And it's really important to start the year strong and the right team member could really help you do that. That's why small business right LinkedIn jobs number one. And delivering quality hires and LinkedIn competitors. LinkedIn jobs to find the qualified candidates who want to talk to you faster about your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL to push your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens here, breaking down the Ravens' 20-19 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Kevin Ostrike, your host, still here with you on our Instant Reaction Postcast Edition episode. Is we dive into everything that the Ravens did well, that they did not do well in that game, and check in one more, one more time in the comments. Nana Rave Eight saying a huge congrats, Kevin, on your four years anniversary. You do a really great job. Thank you. I, I appreciate you, Nana. That, that's that's a really those are really kind words, and, and I really appreciate everybody who tunes into the show. And it, it doesn't work. The show does not work without the viewer, without the listener, and all the support I've gotten over the years. It really has been absolutely incredible. I'm loving the, the growth we've had. I'm loving the community we've built. So thank you to everybody who's listening, watching, tuning in. However you're doing, an audio form, video form, whether you're an everyday, or this is your first time in, or even if you're somewhere in the middle there, thank you so much for everything. But let's talk about a stock report here because I think it's important to kind of gauge what the Ravens have in their players. Now, it's only week one. There's still two more preseason games, and obviously it's still training camp, still the two joint practices. But I did put out on Twitter what I thought an early, like an initial stock report is for the Ravens and, and what happened in that game. I would say... The first guy I would give a stock up to is Tyler Huntley. I, I think Huntley did show there were a lot of questions coming in, especially about the backup quarterback position and whether Tyler Huntley still had the, I'd say, the grip on that position because Josh Johnson was there, Anthony Brown was there. I thought Huntley was the best performer out of the three quarterbacks for sure. Again, I thought he showed poise, good decision-making, really crisp throws, especially the touchdown to Tyler Wallace. 
So it, again, I, I think he still has to have maybe one more preseason performance like that to solidify, solidify it. But I would say Tyler Huntley is by far and away the, the favorite for that backup job behind Lamar Jackson, which again, if he can show improvement and, and more consistency, if he has to play for Lamar in the regular season, hopefully that, that does not happen. Lamar can be healthy for a full 70 games. But if, if that's the case, I think Huntley would be the guy. Justice Hill is another guy who, who we talked about. He big stock up player for me, looks explosive, looks agile. You know, the cuts are there for him. And he's a guy who's always kind of been that way. Like even going back and looking at his tape and his, his highlights from Oklahoma state, he's somebody that's always been in that mold of kind of a shifty back with a little bit of power. He he's a deceptive power guy. I think people look at the build of him and think, Oh, he's more of a speed cut guy receiver. He's actually in Oklahoma state. He was not a receiver out of the backfield. He only had, I forget how many he had, but it was not a lot of catches, but Hill has a tad of power to him. And I think we saw that a bit on display, but I want to, I want to give the floor to Keaton Mitchell for a little bit here, because he's somebody that, again, if you've been listening to me here for a while on lockdown Ravens, you know, you know that I'm a big Keaton Mitchell guy in everything that he provides to this team, I think is more of a skill set that they don't have. Like Keaton Mitchell, super fast, super electric out in space can make guys miss in a way with his shiftiness, I think with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, those guys are more bruisers. Not that they can't do some of what Keaton Mitchell does, but I think Keaton Mitchell is just more overall explosive and electric than those guys. I think he profiles more like Justice Hill, but I think Justice Hill has a little bit more power than Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell's obviously a lot smaller than, than most of those guys. But again, the touchdown that we saw from Keaton Mitchell, he is somebody that I am just, I am, in awe with how electric he looks. He's looked great in training camp by all accounts. Now the thing here, and first we'll talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll do Christian's comment after Robbie's because we'll talk about James Prochain in a second. But Robbie says, if we put Mitchell on the practice squad, he gets swooped. If we put Gordon on the practice squad, he'll stay. There. Absolutely agree. I 100% agree with what Robbie's saying right there. Because to me, if the Ravens keep three running backs, right? Because to me, I think Justice Hill still is running back three. I think Mitchell's looked great, but I think Justice Hill is good enough and has looked good enough to have that third running back spot. I projected in each one of my roster predictions leading up to this so far that the Ravens keep four running backs. And each time I projected Keaton Mitchell to make the roster. Maybe I predicted Melvin Gordon last time because the Ravens usually favor veterans. But regardless, Keaton Mitchell should be the guy who makes the roster. But like Robbie said, Melvin Gordon has much, like so much great. He has an incredible ability to do everything that the Ravens don't have from a skill set perspective, does Keaton Mitchell. Melvin Gordon is more of the veteran presence. And I feel like Gordon has a much better shot at a practice squad spot than Mitchell does because of the fact that I think a team is going to see what the Ravens have in Keaton Mitchell. And if they, if the Ravens get rid of them, teams are going to be rubbing their hands together saying, Ooh, this is a guy we need. Remember, remember Nate McCrary a couple of years ago where, you know, people thought maybe he could sneak through to the practice squad, had a great preseason. And then the Broncos ended up scooping him and putting him on their 53 man. Now he actually ended up coming back to Baltimore during that 2021 season. But the point stands that if you want to keep a talented guy on your roster, you got to put him on the roster and not risk putting them through to the practice squad. So I think that Gordon is the ideal cut candidate. If the Ravens keep four running backs, if they keep three and they cut Mitchell, 
I don't know. I feel like Mitchell's a guy you want to have around, and, and I would try to make room for him on your roster if I were the Ravens. But Christian makes a point about James Prochet. He says, feel bad for Prochet. Works hard and loves B-more, but he just be having bad days. He does. It was not a good day for James Prochet. If we're talking stock down, James Prochet is definitely on that list as he ended up having one catch for one yard, I believe it was. And no, one one catch for negative one yard. So even worse, one catch for negative one yards for James Perche on three targets. And then also had that fumble in deep in Baltimore territory, like five or 10 yard line on a punt where he was acting a little loose with the ball. If, you know, if you watched the Marcus Robinson on the Ravens, remember how he would kind of have that ball and kind of just be flaunting it around. It wasn't to that level. Marcus Robinson was crazy with the football, but James Perche did not have a great grip on the football and Eagles defender came in there and just punched it out and the Eagles recovered it. James Prochet is, is probably not making the roster. You know, I'm, I don't speak in absolutes because things happen. And I, I have spoken in absolutes and the opposite happens. So I don't speak in absolutes anymore. But I will say there's a 99% chance that James Prochet does not make the roster. I think Tyler Wallace upped his stock. I think Sean Ryan upped his stock. James Prochet just did not do enough. In fact, he hurt his chances of making the roster tonight. Maybe he's the guy who can bring back on the practice squad. I think that there's a shot that a team maybe picks him up and banks on the potential. He's a technician as a route runner, and that the hands are there as well. We all know is his track record at SMU didn't, I don't think, drop the pass or maybe dropped one pass in all of his time there, but just hasn't translated over to the NFL game regular season-wise. He's been a training camp beast some years, been a preseason beast. I mean, less than a year ago. Literally less than a year ago, he mossed that Washington Commanders defender and, and you know, stared him down, right? Remember that play? That's 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 in the past. You know, James Perchet is someone that I definitely think hurt his stock probably the most tonight. I think Ben Cleveland also, when you're talking about stock down, there's the one play I'm sure everybody's seen, and I tweeted it out, so many others did too, where Jalen Carter, his first NFL snap, just torches Ben Cleveland. Ben Cleveland has kind of been on the hot seat for a little while now where we just, we don't really know what, what it's been with him. We missed time last year due to the failed conditioning test a couple of weeks, couldn't pass it for a couple of weeks. And we just, we didn't see enough consistency. The rate I, people thought Ben Cleveland was going to win the starting job last year. I actually thought it was going to be Tyree Phillips. And then everybody was wrong. It was Ben Powers, but Cleveland just hasn't been consistent. Hasn't, I think there have been questions about the work ethic, which have been a problem. And I just don't think he helped his chances at all. Now, Salah, you know, the sixth round pick out of Oregon for Baltimore, he had a face mask penalty or hands of the face penalty. So he didn't necessarily have a great game. And then John Simpson. So it's it's between Salah and John Simpson to me. I think Ben Cleveland is just fighting for a roster spot at this point. I think a guy who actually did have a really good game. I talked about Sean Ryan. I think Travis Vokalek, he was the Ravens what was he, the second receiver, second leading receiver, yeah, second leading receiver for the Ravens in yards, two for 30, average 15 yards per catch, two catches on two targets. You know, he's been one of the training camp standouts. There there, there might be a shot that someone poaches Travis Vokalek if the Ravens cut him. Now, I do expect that to happen, but I would love him on the Ravens practice squad as a fourth tight end, break glass in case of emergency option, if Mark Andrews has to miss some time, if maybe – uh I don't know, maybe Isaiah likely has to miss some time. I think Vokalek could be a really solid call-up for them. He's impressed by all accounts, and he impressed in this game to me. I, I really liked what I saw from him. I also think that a couple of the young defenders impressed. Malik Ham was one. Kaylee Sanders is another. I talked about Malik Harrison a little bit, too. And then a couple of guys who I also think stock is down. Anthony Brown, he was someone who I was watching for more so the third quarterback job between Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown. 
and Josh Johnson was the much better player. Anthony Brown, three of eight for seven yards and in an interception average 0.9 yards per throw. And honestly, probably could have had two or three interceptions. There were a couple of balls that Eagles defenders just, you know, were just a tad late on or dropped. Anthony Brown did not have a good game whatsoever. He actually threw a pick six to put the Eagles right back into the game. And, and if the Eagles had converted on the play, the two-point conversion, they would have been up 21 to 20, and we would have seen what the Ravens would have to do down fourth quarter. But Anthony Brown, I think, you know, maybe he impresses incredibly in these next two preseason games. But for now, I I definitely say Lamar's number one, Tyler Huntley's number two, Josh Johnson number three, and then Anthony Brown is pretty by far and away the number four guy. I also think that there were a couple of young defensive backs who didn't have great games. Brandon Stevens is in a weird spot right now. I think he's more of a safety at this point in his career. The Ravens said they're going to play him at safety. They tried him out at corner, and he did not look good. Brandon Stevens has been moved all over the place, and much like in the mold of an Isaiah Simmons or a Zavin Collins in Arizona, where those guys have sky-high potential, but the Cardinals just move them around so much they can never really get set in a position and like focus on that. I think it's the same way with the way the Ravens have used Brandon Stevens. I've not really been a big fan of how the Ravens have kind of swished them around all these positions, but he, he didn't look great as a corner. I think the Ravens just need to put him at safety and stick him there. I don't think his calling is as a corner right now, although the Ravens need all the corners they can get. I mean, Jordan Swan did not look great. He gave up a couple of plays. Quana Amos, who's one of their young safeties, didn't look great. So we're, we're going to be talking a lot in the final part of the show about where the Ravens' secondary is right now. So we'll get into all that and more general takeaways from the Ravens' preseason game against the Eagles, that 20-19 win, coming up in our final segment here on this live edition, instant reaction postcast of Locked on Ravens. We are back rounding out Locked on Ravens here on Saturday, Saturday edition episode, Saturday night, Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here as we were rounding out the show. The Ravens again, defeating the Eagles 20 to 19 in their first preseason game of the 2023 preseason, extending that preseason win streak to their Kobe number 24, 24 straight wins for the Ravens dating back to 2015. Some fun facts about that game is the Ravens leading passer was Bryn Renner. Matt Schaub was their, their second leading passer there are a lot of guys who were long gone. Arthur Brown was the Ravens second leading tackle, the former second round pick. But in this game against the Eagles, the Ravens had an opportunity to see what they had in some of their depth, especially at positions of need. We've talked about corner pretty much all off season outside linebacker to the, to a certain extent as well. But I think for the Ravens and what they were looking at for their corners, I think they were hoping for more consistency overall in this game than I think they got. I, again, wasn't necessarily impressed with a lot of their corners. There were a couple of good plays. I thought Daryl Worley recovered nicely after a pretty bad start. So credit to him for, for staying with it and showing what he had, even after he got juked and trucked in like a span of four or five plays on that first possession for the Eagles. But again, didn't really see a ton from Brandon Stevens. You know, Kevon Seymour had a couple of plays, but he also, you know, there were a couple others where you're thinking, what's he doing there? So I think what this showed is that the Ravens, they do need to bring in a corner. The issue is that there's not a lot available. Bryce Callahan, Ronald Darby, William Jackson III is the guy the Ravens had in for a visit on Friday. We haven't talked about that yet here. So maybe I think William Jackson will be a solid, you know, third, fourth option as a corner for the Ravens right now, just as veteran depth. Now he did miss all of last year with the Steelers due to an injury, but there's just not like you're not going to get the same quality of talent you had in March versus now when we're in the middle of August. It's just not going to work that way. So maybe you make a trade for a guy. Maybe you wait for cut down day. I'm sure there'll be one or two 
pretty solid cornerback options to hit the market after cut down day because teams are deeper than the Ravens are at corner and they have more experience than the Ravens have at corner. So maybe Baltimore just decides to wait until then and just continue to see what they have in their young guys. I think Tuesday and Wednesday, it's going to be really important to see what some of those other players have or Darius Washington, for example, hopefully some of the other players can get back. Rock Cassin, hopefully can get back in the fold. Maybe Pepe Williams can come back too. But they're hurting right now at corner. Marlon Humphrey is the guy, top five guy, no questions asked. But if he goes down, your corner room, if you're the Ravens, probably drops to top five, if not the worst group in the entire NFL. So that, that is a concern point for me. Outside linebackers, I think we did see some things. David Ajabo played a little bit in this one. I think we saw some of the rawness from him where there were a couple of plays where he spun inside. There was one where he spun inside, gave up the edge, and Marcus Mariota ran for a huge game. I think Ajabo and Oe will be fine, but we talked about Jadavian Clowney all last week. You know, what would he bring to the Ravens? It's veteran presence, another solid option there on a defense that if Adafi Oe or David Ajabo goes down, even if Tyus Bowser goes down, you get thinner and thinner. I think Tavius Robinson had some teaching moments tonight, which will be fine. I mean, I don't, I don't expect Tavius Robinson to play a huge role for them because I think he has the tools, the athleticism, the size, the length, et cetera. But I think just needs a couple of seasons as an NFL guy before really going out there and making an impact for Baltimore. I think a big takeaway for me is the backup quarterback condition is, is all but set. I, I had some questions. We've talked about Tyler Huntley not just being traded, but I, I do think that at the end of the day, Tyler Huntley did enough to at least put a big, big hold on that backup quarterback job behind Lamar Jackson. And then Josh Johnson is probably your third guy. I think we've, we just haven't heard a lot about Anthony Brown. I was expecting to hear more about him and I expected a better night from him. He, he just did not have it. Another takeaway is the Ravens are set at running back. You know, they're, they're set. I think if JK Dobbins does continue his presumed holding on uh, past week, one of the regular season, it hurts not to have him on the field, right? Like you want to have your best guys and Dobbins certainly is, I think their best running back, but Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, Melvin Gordon, you, you, you can work with that. It's not, it's not quite having J.K. Dobbins. You know, if you replace Melvin Gordon with J.K. Dobbins, that room has a, <laughs> has a lot more juice to it, but you got to work with what you work with, although I, I do still expect J.K. to be back by week one. I also think a big thing on offense. Again, Todd Monk is not going to show everything that he has in a preseason game, especially in week one. But he, I'm sure with him, he wants to get some of the offensive guys up to speed and get stuff on tape. Not everything, right? You still want to have a lot and more in your pocket for the regular season games when those count, which I'm expecting a lot more trickeration and a lot more trick plays from them. But we did see the spacing. I think the spacing was a key takeaway for me. Todd Munkin got guys in space to work with. One of the things Greg Roman, personally, in my opinion, did not do enough of is getting the playmakers that he had on his roster into space because that was a key strength of theirs. Their, their, their routes were all clogged up. Guys were running into each other under Greg Roman. In this offense with Todd Munkin, we saw the spacing, getting guys open, and then letting them do their work. With Roman, he was taking away a key asset that he had at his disposal, and I don't really know why he was doing it. So to me, that was a big thing. It's just the spacing in this offense is going to be a lot better, and the balance overall, I think, as well, is going to be a lot better. The Ravens threw the ball 31 times, and they ran the ball 28 times. That is balanced if I've ever seen it. You know, gone are, I think, of the days where Lamar throws the ball 13 times or 15 times, and the Ravens run it 35 or 40 times especially with the personnel with Odell and Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers and all those guys in there. So we're going to see a much more balanced offense. I, I also just think, again, it's something I've been saying, but I think Baltimore's depth is a lot better this year. 
it's a lot of guys that maybe aren't household names, but I think at most positions, not all, we've talked outside linebacker, we've talked corner, et cetera, but at most positions, Baltimore's the, 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 the depth is just so much better. I think in so many positions where I feel comfortable if a guy has to miss some time, I'm fine with the guys they have below like wide receiver last year. For example, we knew if Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay went down, that room was in deep trouble. This year is a lot different for the wide receiver room because of the fact that Baltimore has so many guys, you know, one through six and especially even practice squad guys at this point, but tight end, they're good offensive line. They have depth running back quarterback, defensive line, inside linebacker, safety. There are so many positions where I feel so good about the Ravens' depth, and we saw that on display tonight with guys stepping up and making plays. So I think it's going to be interesting in week two of the preseason to see who plays because, again, the four preseason games that they had before, they ended up moving to three. The first preseason game, starters would usually play maybe like a quarter or a couple drives. Second preseason game would be more like a quarter, a little more than a quarter, Third preseason game, they play about a half, and then fourth preseason game, they'd sit. So you eliminate one of those preseason games. First preseason game, starters played about a quarter. Second preseason game, I think starters, and again, I don't mean Lamar or Mark Andrews, those guys, they're, they're not going to play. But the big the big guys, maybe we see Patrick Queen, maybe we see Justin Matabike, maybe those guys will get some run in the second preseason game. Third preseason game is more for the players who are trying to establish roster spots and guys who are on the roster bubble fighting, like their last chance to fight for a roster spot. So I think that there was a lot of positives in this one, a couple of negatives too, but I think again, you're kind of ironing out everything as the course of training camp goes along in the first preseason game. I think it'll be a little bit more tuned up when the Ravens take on the commanders in week two, but we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting. And as Baltimore kind of continues to see who their depth pieces are, who can contribute and who might not be able to, it's exciting with all the positional battles continuing with quarterback to left guard position. Who's going to step up at corner. So we saw some good, we saw some bad, but the Ravens picking up a preseason win, as we've said every year since 2015, every single time, the 24th straight in the look to make it 25 on week two or in week two of the 2023 preseason. But that's all I have for you here today on this live edition of locked on Ravens Saturday night. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, follow log in audio form, turn notifications on again. We're doing a live stream after every single Ravens game this year, preseason, regular season, postseason, Super Bowl, however far they make it, we're doing a postcast live edition episode. And we're, we're going to have some updates here on Lockdown Ravens on Monday, some changes. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here on Monday on Lockdown Ravens. Thanks for tuning in to our second ever postcast episode. We'll see you right back here soon on Lockdown Ravens.